Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bears Nation, baby. Just want to kick it off by thanking our players. When you have adversity like this and, and there's a lot of losing towards the end of the season, I was blown away by our guys' ability to stick together. They practice with energy, and I think that's rare, but it speaks volumes on their character, how much they love the game, and the buy-in that they have for the direction that we're going. As improbable as it may have been at the beginning of the day, the Chicago Bears have just clinched the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Wow, winning. All right, all right, all right. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet, Bet, Bet Stamp. Trying to focus on, you know, getting better as a player, getting better as a quarterback, and getting better as a team. Damn straight. And you know this, man. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. See you in the Super Bowl. It's Bears Nation, baby. Touchdown, Bears! Woo! Yes! Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. All right, welcome back. Another edition Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, March 8th, and we have a huge, huge, huge announcement today. Myself and Kevin Lapka, as always, big announcement today, and it is that Bears Nation podcast, myself and Kevin, the whole show, now part of the On Tap Sports Network, home for all your Chicago sports literature and podcast needs. Check out our Chicago Bears coverage over at ontapsports.net slash bears for all the news analysis and more that you need. Myself and Kevin have agreed. We've witnessed. We've come into a partnership now with ONTAP. We are bringing in our show into their network. So this is now going to be Bears Nation podcast brought to you by the ONTAP Sports Network. And so welcome all the on tap people, all the on tap viewers, listeners. Welcome to Bears Nation podcast uh, for the first time, if this is your first time. Uh, for everyone that hangs out with us regularly, nothing's going to change. Still Bears Nation podcast. Still find us under that name and all your podcasting needs on YouTube, on TikTok, everywhere. All that's staying the same. Just now brought to you by on tap sports. So shout out to Tony. Shout out to Buzz. Thanks for bringing us in. You guys rock and we're really excited. So all that being said, Kevin Lapka, we have a lot to uh, talk about today. What a way to kick off our first episode with the ONTAP Sports Network. I mean, post-combine stuff, we haven't had a show in, what, like three to four weeks. So we've got free yep. agency updates a week away from the start of free agency. So we're going to tap into all of that. Franchise tags came out. Some of our favorite players that we wanted to target in free agency are no longer on the market. But uh, some unexpected names now also. Yes, exactly. Conversely. True, conversely. So we'll, we'll address all of that. But huge show for you guys today. Super excited to get after it, Jake. Let's do it, man. 
Great timing as I as you take a sip of water. Drink of water at that point. I thought you were going to go for a couple more seconds. Um, yeah, no, a lot to do, a lot to get into. Uh, I mean, as you mentioned, and we'll get into all the free agency stuff and everything that happens with that. I mean, there were some unexpected tags, some unexpected non-tags too, uh, with relationships that Brian Poles and Matt Eberflus maybe have with some of these players, which we'll get into obviously. Um, but first, draft stuff. Um, Hope everyone is ready for the discourse of trading Justin Fields with the number one pick uh, to get a quarterback or to draft a quarterback. Um, Can't wait because obviously, as we predicted, I mean, we knew this was going to happen. Anthony Richardson just lights it up completely. It has an awesome, awesome combine. Uh, Just (laughs) just like the some of the like sets the record in long jump sets the record in vertical like obviously his arm we all know but now Anthony Richardson everyone's like whoa is this you know is this the time is this what's going to happen now and I mean I I don't it's just you're not taking Anthony Richardson number one if you're the Bears you're not taking anyone number one Uh, but it does add to the intrigue for the Bears because now maybe you have someone like the Panthers or the Raiders or a team that maybe even has a quarterback maybe it's the Seahawks who even though they signed Geno Smith they're like all right well Geno Smith's deal is for a couple years let's draft Anthony Richardson and have him sit behind Geno for a couple years and have him come in yet then and we'll see what happens with that that's really interesting so a lot a lot happening but Again, let's just double down on Justin Fields isn't going anywhere. Justin Fields is going to be your quarterback. Ryan Poles basically said as much that they're operating that Justin Fields is going to be the starter. But I mean, Kevin, uh, I'll I'll give this to you as our primary Justin Fields defender. Finally, right? I mean, it was so absurd. It was so absurd that we even had a month of this stuff, man. And it was national, dude. Like, every morning on Get Up on ESPN, the conversation was, should the Bears trade Justin Fields? Like, that was the question being asked, and we knew that was going to happen, but it's still outrageous to me that it was even pondered and suggested by pundits out there. Like, it just made zero sense, and I'm glad that it's finally over. Again, in Peter King's Football Morning in America, quote from Peter King, uh, it's clear he's not trading fields, he being Ryan Poles, and he's not picking quarterback high in this draft. Yes, finally, we have like confirmation. And I'm glad because... We had talked about, well, there's there's strategy here with Ryan Poles about, hey, well, you know, say that you might trade fields to try to, you know, gain some leverage and some value as far as what the first pick means and everything. And no, like, I wanted conviction the whole time. I want conviction that, hey, this is your quarterback. This is the way we're going to address the offseason. We're going to, you know, work on finding prospects and finding free agents that are going to help our quarterback. We are building around Justin Fields. And Ryan Poles has been very vocal about that. I mean, he could have taken that route this entire time. I mean, he's been very present. He's been on national shows. He went on the Rich Eisen show. He's, you know, talking to Peter King for 15 minutes. He's, you know, talking to all these guys, which is pretty rare. Again, remember, like, Ryan Pace did not do this. And, yes, Ryan Pace never had the number one overall pick. Sure. But this is a rare for a GM to be this vocal. And I think he's doing he it for a reason. He went on part of my take. Yeah, he went on part of my take. Yeah. How many GMs go on part of my take? Yeah. Like, and was totally chill about it. It was was totally cool, which I I think Ryan Paul is just like a fun guy, um, you know, like Kawhi, fun guy. But, you know, I'm just glad, like, we have conviction now. Okay, let's move forward. And mm-hmm. it's clear they're going to trade the pick. And he says, you know, he said again in Peter King's column, he knows he can get a 24 first rounder and a 25 first. And that could be made up. Like, he could be yeah, lying that, about that. But <laughs> We hope. We, we hope, hope that's We hope case. that's true. But as it pertains to the Anthony Richardson thing, like, you are now the flexibility that you have for trading down it has now been increased because Anthony Richardson is probably a top 10 pick now right i mean i yeah. I, I, I think he was probably already but now for sure 
I mean, because like he might have jumped Levis at this point. Yeah, I mean, what did Levis do at the combine? I mean, he made a couple of nice throws, yeah. but like you know, and everyone's gonna bank on oh, you know, great great character guy, Will Levis, oh, you know, t- leader of men, Will. Well, Levis, it's already you know? it's already started. Uh, Pete Prisco, CBS. Oh god, uh, who, who <laughs> he uh, he tweeted uh, like if. Will Levis was at Ohio State or Alabama that he'd be the number one overall pick, which I mean, th- he's not the first person to say that by right. far. Like I've seen that exact statement a couple times, but I mean, it's it's hard to say. And people have already been carrying Levis's water with his offensive line and who left and blah blah. blah. But that's not the point. Uh, your point remains that yeah, this is the Bears are, and I, I think I hope. It's true that you could get a 24 and a 25 and uh, obviously a, a first round swap this year. Uh, that would be great, but I'm not banking on that. Like I would, I would still be happy if it's the Colts and you get four and 35 in a first next year. I'm still pretty happy with that. Yeah. And I, look, but here's the thing. So like, I'm happy with that, but I'm at the point now where I think you can ask for more because of the Jalen Carter situation, because falling to four like, you're, if, if you're going to four, the odds are you're probably not getting Will Anderson. I mean, right. there's a chance. Completely agree. A, well, I don't know. I mean, there's a chance that the Cardinals are also on the phone and four quarterbacks go one, two, three, four. I mean, there's a possibility, Possible. right? Yep. I mean, I, I think it's extremely unlikely, um, but there's a possibility of that. But likely, if you're getting to four, you're out of the Will Anderson sweepstakes. And after that, then, you know, then who is it, right? I mean, I don't. Like things could change in the next month and a half before the draft with with Jalen Carter and, and and details get released and he's Definitely. back to becoming a top four pick. But as as of right now, you're not taking him at number four overall. It's just, you just can't. Yeah, I, I just don't think you're in a position to do it. And to me, the gap between Will Anderson and the next best player, if you exclude Jalen Carter, is significant enough where I'm fine. Like I would be comfortable trading to nine if I already know sure. that if I'm trading to four, I'm not getting Will Anderson. Then there's no one between four and nine that I'm looking at. Where like I I, I can't not get this guy, right? I mean, is there a guy in the draft where you look at between four and nine where you're like, I mean, maybe Skaronsky, maybe Ty Wilson, maybe Quentin Johnson, but I think all those guys could, maybe probably not Wilson, but Johnson and Skaronsky could probably be available at nine if four quarterbacks go in the, before before then. So mine would be Wilson. Okay. Uh, that, and that's who I would be like, if you go to eight or nine after trading to four already, uh, it's like, okay, like, because Wilson, I mean, he boosted his stock and he's a physical freak, uh, which we kind of knew already. We figured he would boost his, but like, more and more people seem to be high on him and what he can do and his measurables, because uh, he was his measurables were better than Anderson's in a couple categories. I think it was like arm length and size or something like that. Um, yeah, so Wilson would be the guy where I'm like, okay, if you trade back again, you probably don't get him. But like you said, that still probably leaves you like Skaronsky, which again, totally fine with, especially if you sign like a Mike McGlinchey, maybe, which we'll get into, uh, or uh, an Orlando Brown Jr. So, and then you could pair them two together, which leaves you a lot of options. But I do agree with your overall point that the Carter situation definitely opens you up more to, you know, another trade down mm-hmm. because I, I think it was in uh, Kuypers or McShay's, whoever, one of the ESPN mock guys, I forget who exactly, you know, Carter was 12. And if he goes that far down, like you'd have like, at what point do you have to be like, okay, because you know, the situation with his, you know, and we weren't, we didn't have a show before this. Jalen Carter had, you know, charges, put uh, against him and uh, warrant out for his arrest for his role in a car crash that unfortunately led to two people losing their life. That sucks. And it's a terrible situation, but it was misdemeanor and his role in the whole thing was kind of like, you know, ambiguous, I would say is the right word possibly. And 
So it's like, okay, if he answers those questions, because he was gone from the combine for one night and he was still there for all the, you know, tests and the to run and bench and all that stuff and do meetings, most importantly, and answer questions about that night and what happened in the situation. So if a team in this, you know, situation or in this scenario, the Bears talk to him and they're like, okay, he answered these questions and we feel good about, you know, where he was and what his relation to the incident was and so on and so forth, then maybe they go from there and they're like, okay, well, we'll still take him at nine or eight or whatever it is. Uh, if he's still there, if other teams are like, Oh, I don't really know. But also I don't know if this regime is the type to take that kind of doesn't risk. Seem like it. it doesn't seem like they're like not even just risk, but like, you know, that kind of, they don't want to kind of deal with the possible backlash more than anything. It seems like this regime, like Ryan Poles and Matt, was kind of like to play it a little safer. Um, Agreed. Cause what was it? Like Ryan Pace signed like Robert Nagdinche for like a day and he had like some weird, you know, allegations and charges and then they cut him like the next day or something. And that was just a practice squad player, I think. It wasn't even like a star. So possibly, who knows? There's a lot of unknowns and question marks to be answered around that over the next, you know, eight weeks or so. I think seven, eight weeks, whatever it is. So we'll see with that. But I think it's definitely open to a second trade down uh, if, you know, because Vegas now is like, and the thing is like Lamar Jackson kind of makes this whole thing murkier because the Falcons now say, no, 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 we're good. We're going to roll with Desmond Ritter, which no, is they're not insane. You know they're not rolling with Desmond but, Ritter. I mean, if Vegas gets Lamar Jackson, does that take them out of it? Because Aaron Rodgers says he's not playing for Vegas. Like he has no interest. Okay. So what do they do? You know? And so, a lot of different, like, does Carolina get Lamar? Like, does Carolina get Aaron Rodgers? And then, mm-hmm. did, like, it's a whole thing. So, like, Lamar kind of changes that. And just, I mean, just be ready. Be ready for the should the Bears trade Justin Fields and number one or something, or should the Bears trade Justin Fields and number four to, you know, the Ravens for Lamar, which is a huge no, no for sure, because you are not ready to have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback and, be ready to compete. Like the bears still have way too many holes. Lamar Jackson does not make you a super bowl contender right away. But I mean, obviously there's people on Twitter. Like if you're not a top five, blah, 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 you should be calling Lamar Jackson. Well, the bears aren't ready for that right now, but that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother situation. Uh, but as far as the draft goes, we did learn a lot and, and we'll go uh, Kevin. I think this is a good question that you had on the rundown. Who'd you say the six blue chip players are on Poles' board? Uh, I mean, and give yours. I mean, you like, I, I don't have, I haven't given mine yet, but you have yours. Oh, jeez, You have yours listed, so please. Yeah, he says he has six to eight blue chip players. Uh, well, he has like this color system ranking that's really just random and out of order. I don't know why blue is the top. I guess blue is the top. Well, we like always blue call chip. it top tier blue yeah. chip players. But like yeah. the next one is like red, red I, think. I think. Like, yeah. Okay. I think it was blue, blue, red. Orange, yeah, some gold was in there. Gold was in there. I think, I think there. it was blue, red, orange, sure. and gray. Yeah, like uh, I, I guess that's fine. I, I would have been like blue, then like gold. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Anyway, it, it was it was very random. Um, but trying to figure out who those six guys are is really interesting because it's not like I, I think people need to understand it's not just the consensus top six guys. Like sure, teams evaluate players extremely differently, and some of the guys that I have on here are, are guys who could be you know the twentieth overall pick or the. 15th overall pick and I don't have any quarterbacks on this list just because I don't again if so, they, so that's my thing I don't think it necessarily means there are no quarterbacks on there because yeah, if I it's mean, an objective evaluation sure uh, like 
CJ Shaw could be a blue player for them. Sure. But I'm it not doesn't saying they're mean they're going to draft him. Yeah, I'm right. not saying all the quarterbacks are on there either. But, like, the only reason I, I'm hesitant to put it on there is because, well, you know, he said he has to be blown away by someone in order to draft them, you know, very early in this right, process. Right, right, right. Does, does a blue player equate blown away? You know, I, I don't know. So I, for the sake of, of everything that we know about at least what we think we know about him keeping fields and that not being, and I'm just going to leave it out for the sake of, you know, the list here. So I have my six players that I believe Ryan Poles uh, has as his six blue players. I think one is Will Anderson. Obviously, that should be everyone's blue player. Uh, Quentin Johnson, I think, is also a consensus blue player for most teams. He cleared, um, you know, w- one of the highest wide uh, vertical jumps. I think he was second in a vertical jump and second in broad jump behind Jalen Hyatt, uh, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee in the combine. Everyone expected him to do that. Freak of an athlete, Quentin Johnson should be a blue player for most teams. Tyree Wilson had a you know great conversation with the Bears. He said he would love to play for them. Good conversations, good press conference. Uh, I think he kind of skyrocketed up people's boards after that um after he talked about you know wanting to play for the bears and just you know high character guy so i think he's a blue player i think peter skaronsky probably is um just because he's the highest rate offensive line prospect um i would imagine i must have taken him off of this i do think devin witherspoon is probably a blue player um performed extremely well at the combine people love people him love right him now. watching his tape i mean he is just he's awesome he, he's awesome He's really freaking good. Who would have ever thought U of I guy was going to be that high? I mean, there you go. Shout out to uh, the fighting Illini there for Jake. I, I do think Jackson Smith and Jigba's on there. I, that's okay. that's the one where probably a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, I, I, I doubt it. But I also would advise that, okay, if you really think about, you know, who Ryan Poles is declaring as the blue players, I have to imagine it's somewhat tailored to the needs of the team. Right. So, well, you know, let's give a blue player like JSN's a blue player because, hey, we, we, you know, we need a wide receiver. So we're willing to evaluate deeper. I, I mean, and I could be completely wrong about that. It could be completely objective. Here are the top six players in the draft. You know, let's walk away. We have a lot of needs on the team, you know, just top six. But obviously, I think especially after the way like in a lot of situations to me. Combine performances should not affect your draft stock. They shouldn't. I mean, if you're an evaluator really? of a football team. You probably know what that player is capable of before and after the combine. Like the the needle should not really be the needle shouldn't have been a move for Anthony Richardson as much as it was in my opinion. I mean, if, if you watched him play this year, you knew what he was going to do, <laughs> sure. right? Like, but for some reason, people get caught up in these numbers that you know, running in a straight line, all it looks great, but it's it's not applicable to an NFL game. Like, yeah. let's just get that out of the way. Um, but Jackson Smith and Jigba was one player where, if there was ever a situation where your combine performance at least reinforced what you were able to do as an athlete, it was what he did at posting, uh, you know, the best short shuttle and the best three cone drill, which speaks to his fluid hips and in his clean route running. Um, so I have Jackson Smith and Jigba on there, and then Lucas Van Ness, Edge from Iowa, who also had a great combine performance um those i think are the are the blue chip players that ryan poles has on there so um just speculation but i don't know if you have anyone on there that i don't have um if, if you can think of anyone that you think they might be keeping their eye on yeah so like the thing is when we kind of touched on this a little bit like blue chip is like i don't think i don't because I, I think it's objective i don't think it's based on team need maybe yeah. it is and maybe that's why you know that's when you come into like draft trade downs and whatever like comes into play and that's why it's like okay well this guy is a red player so we're comfortable taking him at eight but not one or not four or whatever so i don't know it it depends i do think the the one thing i will say i think jalen carter is still on there probably like just from a pure football standpoint 
I yeah, think he's probably he's still in that there. blue territory because let's be honest, you were considering taking like we were on the show and, and we're far from the only people that have said this, but you know, saying like, well, you could stay at number one and just take Jalen Carter because he's that good. I still think he's on there. Uh, I'm not sure about the receivers, but who knows? Um, I would say, for the most part, though, this probably seems right. Uh, one that I would say is borderline is maybe Paris Johnson Jr. Yeah, uh, that's the, borderline. But I, I would say that's borderline. The only other one that I would say for sure is Jalen Carter uh, still. But obviously, we already mentioned like that's still super up in the air and weird, and we'll see what happens with that. It's just like there's so much that we just have to like guess on like from the combine and there's just so much that we have to guess and speculate still when we have seven eight weeks to go yeah there's a lot to speculate but so here this leads perfectly into something that i want to hit on so rich eisen said a couple days ago the bears are quote far down the road of trading number one overall yep Uh, and you know the combine is a I, i think people need to understand like as far as the validity of these reports the combine is a very transparent time period like sure. people like it's a very casual, you know, event people like it's Indianapolis. There's nothing to do. Everyone's in the same place at the same time. People are talking like the chatter, I think, is really real when it comes to things that people hear at the combine. And Rich Eisen, you know, the host of all the combine stuff is one of the most in tune people of anyone in uh, Indianapolis for that week. So I think that's a valid thing. And this is why, you know, I've been talking about it for months, right, about the timing of when they're going to trade the pick. And I said, I doubt that they're going to trade it on draft day, and I think it will happen sooner rather than later. That appears to be the case, and it's extremely important because it shapes how you evaluate everything, and it shapes how you approach free agency, right? I mean, if you trade – because now the flexibility has increased to where it's a very real possibility, in my opinion, that they could just – like a double trade down would be ideal, Right. And that would probably happen over the. okay. so you trade down to four this week and then, you know, next week or maybe even on draft day at that point, then you trade down again. I think it's a real possibility that like this week they just trade eight or they just trade to nine. And I think it's really straight from one straight from one. I mean, and and if that happens, you are talking about an all time haul. If that were to happen, I mean, you're you're talking about probably the biggest compensation, most compensation NFL draft history. Um, But I think it's important because, again, it is. If you are going down to eight or nine, maybe not four, but if you're going down to eight or nine, Carolina, Atlanta, two teams that I think are are intrigued by, you know, what the Bears could offer there, it completely changes how you approach free agency, right? Because once you look at eight and nine, you know, okay, we're not getting Will Anderson, we're probably not getting Tyree Wilson, but we're in a great position to either get Quentin Johnson or Jackson Smith and Jigma. That's our solution at wide receiver one. Let's pay attention more to defense here in free agency. We know we're not going to get a blue player at defense probably at number nine, right? You have more of an idea. You can structure your offseason if you make that trade, and I think that's why he wants to do it. And, you know, he talked about in, in the football morning in America with Peter King, uh, he talked about the this opportunity of having the first overall pick to be, you know, the sort of franchise changing event and to sort of mend all these problems that the Bears have had. And it's like, well, obviously he's talking about a trade down, but you have more of an idea of how to mend those problems if you know what is probably going to be available to you at eight or nine and let that structure the way you approach free agency. There's less ambiguity as far as what you're going to be able to do, right? What what you need to do, what the needs of the team are. If you understand in general who your blue players are, which blue players will likely be available, and of course the draft is such a volatile time, you know, you, guys fall who you don't expect to fall, but you have an idea of who's probably who you want that's going to be available at 8 or 9, and that dictates how you approach free agency in my opinion. So that's why like 
I want this deal to get done. We have seven days. We're recording this March 8th. Free agency begins March 15th. Like, get this deal done as soon as possible. Know what you have in the future. Know what, you know, you're getting an extra second pick probably too, second round pick um, <clears throat> if you make a trade down to eight or nine. Know what you have available to you. Maybe that gives you the opportunity to, to draft a running back, right? Like, you under you, you you can have a blueprint laid out for your offseason if you make that trade now. And I, I just, I you want that security, right? Yeah, I mean, as opposed to, okay, you hold one, hold one, hold one, go through everything in free agency, and then you're kind of scrambling, like, on draft night to be like, okay, well, you know, maybe we have to get to four because we don't want to take, you know, because we signed Frank Clark right, in right. free agency, or, and we signed McGlinchey already, and, we and, you know, we don't want to take Pete Skronsky number one overall. Like, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely, and I think that's why you're seeing, and a lot of people are calling, you know, BS on, Eisen's report and the things that you're saying, like, oh, the, this is all smoke. The Bears are trying to drum up, which there is a part of me that does kind of agree that Ryan Poles might be a little too aggressive in broadcasting. Like, hey, we're for sale, we're open. Like, it just feels like he's pushing a little too hard. Why? Because then you have teams who are going to be like, okay, well, we can wait. And now, if we we know that the Bears want to get out of this so badly by X day. Like, let's say it's by free agents. Let's say by the 14th, the Bears want to be out of this pick. Now teams can say, and I'm not saying that people know this or that that's for sure what's going to happen, but, like, hypothetically, let's say in Ryan Pohl's head, he's like, all right, I want to be out of number one by, you know, March 14th so that I can go into free agency already having a clear idea of I'm not at one, I'm at, let's say, four, and now that that's how I'm going to tailor my plan as opposed to tailoring free agency around what might happen with number one, if you might stay or might. So now teams can sit back and you know, let's say you're the Panthers or the Colts or whoever. And you can say, all right, well, I have six days to burn here to make the bears sweat instead, instead of them making me sweat. You don't hold the leverage. Right. Yeah. Cause it just feels like Ryan Poles is giving away some of that leverage by being like, yep, we're, we're trying to get rid of it fast as possible. Like let's say Eisen's, you know, had a whisper that the bears are down the road, but not as far down. You know, maybe it's a little bit, um, you know, laid on thick a little bit of, of how far along they are really in this negotiations uh, and, and embellished a little bit. That's what I was looking for. Like embellished a little bit of how far along in this process and negotiations they are because the bears want to try and get someone to jump. Be like, Oh, they're talking to someone. I got to do this now. Instead of the, like, people are like, that eh, that's BS. Like maybe they are talking, but I, I have a couple days. You know, if you're Jim say, or, you know, you're uh, Tepper with the Panthers, eh, I have a couple of days. Like, I, I just feel like there is something to be said with possibly holding it a little bit tighter. That's just maybe not super tight where you're not giving anything away, but a little bit tighter. And I'm, I could just be going to to galaxy brain with this. Totally possible. But I do agree that I think getting out of the pick sooner rather than later so that you can then go into free. Like, let's say you want to stay at four and you're saying, okay, four, even if we don't get Anderson, we'll take Wilson and we're good with that. And then we'll structure free agency around that. Mm -hmm. And we'll go get Okiri, the linebacker from Indianapolis, who's now mm -hmm. a free agent. And then we'll get McGlinchey and we'll do this and that and go down the board. And we're just going to stay at four and take Tyree Wilson. Great. Or Will Anderson, uh, whatever. You know, we feel good about who we can get it for. And then if everyone's gone or there are more people than we thought available at four, we'll trade back again then at that point. So I, I do kind of agree with that. I think that would be the smarter thing, but also that's why we're not working as general managers in, in the NFL. Well, I think also where you're right is the whole Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson thing makes that more valid for those teams because like 
Ryan Pulse, we say, oh, yeah, you know, we know we can get all this and this and we want it to happen, blah, 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 let's force the issue. And if you're Carolina or in Atlanta, and based on your evaluation of Richardson, like, you don't need to trade up to one if you're comfortable getting Richardson, right? You're like, well, we're not going to give you all that. We're, we're fine now because we saw what Richardson did. He, you know, rose on our draft board. And at eight or nine, we think we could probably just trade up to, like, five. We don't need to trade up to one, right? Or not like, trade up or, at all. Or, or trade up at all. Like, maybe he falls to us at eight. I, I don't know if he would. But they are, there's less of a sense of urgency, again, and this has been the topic all along, because who, like, if you are going to give up the 24-1, the 25-1, and all these assets, like, are you confident enough in Bryce Young's deviation from the rest to give up that many assets, right? Because sure. that's what you're doing. I mean, you're not trading. No, no franchise, like, there should not be any, like, I, I think, in my opinion, if this pick gets traded for a significant haul to a team beyond probably number four, it's going to be for Bryce Young. Like, they have, like, it's not going to be anyone else, right? They, they see, because he was number one from all along. He's got the most accolades in college. He's, you know, we, we've seen it. Everything is there for him aside from the size, but well, you have this evidence that Kyler Murray can be productive. Drew Brees, like Russell weighed Wilson, weighed in at two hundred pounds. Yeah, it, he weighed in two hundred pounds, and you know the height was a little bit lower than what was listed at Alabama. But so is every player uh, that's ever been measured is always lower sure. than where their uh, height is listed in college. So I just think the Anthony Richardson thing is just like it's good and bad for the Bears because it's good because it gives you the opportunity to trade down probably a second time, but it also allows some of those teams in between seven and you know 11 to be a little bit more patient right to be a little bit more patient say hey we have we we sort of have this in our back pocket some teams who know hey maybe it's not urgent for us to take a quarterback this year but you know if he falls to us right we will take Richardson Tennessee could be one of those teams like Tennessee at 11 I mean when the Dolphins traded with the the Niners to two with the Dolphins were like or, or sorry vice versa when the Niners traded up to get Trey Lance mm-hmm. uh, to, to three, three sorry yeah. I think they were like 14th overall or something. I'm pretty sure they were pretty far down there. Let me double check on that. But like, don't rule out some of these. T- if you're talking about a second trade down now, I don't. I, right. 12 to one. I'd be God. That'd be you're Houston talking about again. Uh, Third. Yeah, where's uh, that would be Houston? Where's Atlanta? Or sorry, Tennessee. Eleven. Tennessee. Uh, Eleven to one. All, it would be an all-time haul. But. Uh, it, yeah, I, I'm done with the speculation. Let, let's just get this trade done with so we don't get it anymore. <laughs> right. The sooner that this gets over with, the sooner that we can actually – I mean, because even even for us talking about free agency, like it's hard to say what you're going to do in free agency. I mean, obviously we have a wish list and who you'd like to see. Um, and, you know, there's obviously nothing wrong with pairing Will Anderson with Frank Clark or, you know, you could do both. But it just gives us a clear idea, I feel like, which uh, definitely helps. But it's – Conversely, on the Richardson thing, like maybe there were teams at seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, whatever, that are now like, oh crap, like we thought he was gonna fall, and now it's that's like, that's fair. It could <laughs> that's that's what's so stupid about this. Like it could go both ways. <laughs> like you can make the legitimate argument. It could go both ways legitimately. Okay, but also so so here's the thing, right? And, and this is actually interesting conversation as it pertains to Justin Fields because I don't know if you remember, there was no combine that year. Because of COVID. If Ooh. Justin Fields had competed in the combine. Were there pro days still? There? Yes, there he, were. There were pro days, but there, people are always skeptical of pro day times and pro day measures. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like home but, field. Or yeah, because that was the infamous Zach Wilson pro day where he throws that stupid ball that you know, he, one <laughs> yeah, throw yeah, yeah. that gets him number two overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if Justin Fields were 
participating in that combine, he's probably doesn't fall that far. He probably just doesn't. And again, that's a, that's the fault of scouts for not realizing his athletic ability. That you, you didn't realize you need him to run a forty time to realize that. But I also, as it pertains to Anthony Richardson here, I think this is going to taper off a little bit, right? Like people are going sure. to remember, okay, this guy has only played in thirteen games. His yep. numbers aren't that impressive from college. You know what I mean? Like you, you're at right now the high of his draft evaluation. Okay, because all oh, the numbers are great. They, we're baking on athletic talent. Look at the way the league is trending with all these young athletic quarterbacks. Always a blend of Josh Allen, Justin Fields, and Mahomes. All these you know stupid comparisons. And then you know we have a month and a half left of this, and it's you know you're at the top of the of the what's uh, of the parabola, right? And then you're gonna come down a little bit. We're bringing out eighth grade math here. Uh, you're going to come down, oh, 13 games started. You know what I sure, mean? Like yeah. all these things yeah, are going to come back right to light. And I think at the end of when it's all said and done, he is going to be the fourth quarterback taken. Like at the when it's all said and done, I don't think there's going to be any surprises about the order of quarterbacks that are taken. I think it's going to be Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Boom. You know, put it on paper. Like I don't think it's going to be jumbled that much yeah. I, I personally. Unless, again, well, I was pro day. He makes some off-balance throw. You know what I mean? Right. So the Zach Wilson effect. Think, but. Who didn't – was it Young or Stroud didn't throw at the combine either? They're waiting for their pro day. I don't – one of them, too. Young didn't throw. Young did throw. So there's still that to go to. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Obviously, a lot of guys had really good combines, and they'll jump up from that uh, and stuff. Uh, should we do franchise tag stuff? Let's do that. Yeah, let's get into that. Um well, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, RIP to Kevin's dream of Tony Pollard. He uh, got franchise tag. That is out the window. Another one that a lot of Bears fans wanted, Saquon Barkley gets tagged because the Giants end up coming to contract terms with Daniel Jones, which I am going to make sure, you know, 20 years from now, that my kid is the most mediocre quarterback in the entire world <laughs> who could run a little bit. Because if he could get $87 million guaranteed from that, holy crap. Um I mean, good for Daniel Jones, but still. So Saquon Barkley ends up getting tagged. So he's out now. Uh, Tony Pollard is off the market as well. Darren Payne is off the market, who was a, a player that a lot of Bears fans and a lot of people were like, oh, Bears could go there, obviously, defensive tackle. Josh Jacobs, eh, I wasn't really interested yeah, in him. Evan Ingram gets ta- tagged, which you have Cole Komet, who really cares. Um, what's more important and what's really interesting here is – the Eagles are letting all of their corners go, basically, seemingly. Orlando Brown Jr. doesn't get tagged. Frank Clark does not get tagged. He gets released outright. And Draymond Jones doesn't get tagged. Unexpected names in there. Uh, and Bobby Okiri from uh, Indianapolis, linebacker, who's form- famously from Matthew Fluce's system, he got released outright as well. Did he get released? I think he got released. I, think he, I don't think he got released. Did he? There's no way. I, don't, I just don't think he got tagged. Either that tagged. or he wasn't tagged and is now just a free agent. I think he's just a free agent. Okay, so that. Um, but a lot of names available for the Bears. Obviously, I mean, the headliner is Orlando Brown Jr. still, mm-hmm. the, like the top offensive lineman on the market. Um, and now Frank Clark is kind of interesting too. Like if the Chiefs are just – again, the Chiefs could agree to long-term contracts with these guys still, but seemingly going to let them both at least test free agency. And if you're the Bears with all that money – and you, you have the Ryan Poles connection. For who? Frank Clark? Clark or Brown? Or, or Brown? Yeah. Both. Real quick, before we, I just want to say something real quick about the running backs. Like, <laughs> if I'm Tony Pollard to Saquon Barkley, I'm pissed. I mean, a running back on the franchise tag is the worst possible thing in, in sports. It's not great. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, they're good. getting, what, like $10 million. But at running back, 
you know, it, it can change in a year, right? You know, you, you go down, the next guy comes up and, and plays just as well. There go like that will lose you $40 million, like right there. If you go out for a couple games and the guy behind you plays well, and then, well, you're not worth a big contract. Well, I mean, so if I were da- both those, I would try to force a trade if you, I were one of them. You're seeing it with David Montgomery right now. David yeah. Montgomery missed a couple games over the last couple of years. Everyone loves Khalil Herbert now. Yep. And you, now, now, like, seemingly nobody wants David Montgomery back. Exactly. And Bears in a franchise tag him, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I, I only say that because I wouldn't be surprised if, if Tony Pollard or Saquon Barkley across the trade. I, I don't I don't want to give up draft I, picks. I wouldn't give up a draft pick. I'm, I'm just saying. It's just the NFL thing in general. I think it, sure. like, it sucks for those guys. Anyway. Orlando Brown Jr. again doesn't get tagged. Not surprised. It would have been his second consecutive tag. It just it wouldn't make any sense. They don't come to terminal long term deal. Frank Clark intrigues me. Mm-hmm. The post connections there played 15 sure games does. last year. He's 29 years old. Will be 30 when the season starts. Health is not an issue. Had five sacks, 39 tackles. Postseason leader in sacks. Was he the postseason leader <laughs> in sacks? Yeah. There you go. Uh, I think he also believe he broke the record for most sacks in postseason history. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what you're saying. That's what I was. Saying. I didn't know if you're talking about the 2023 postseason alone. No, broke um, the record. Yeah. So really obviously, good. really good impact player. Again, stats don't pop off the forward. Uh, pop off the the screen from the entirety of the season, but the Pulse connection is there. He's going to be cheap. I mean, he was released. Will he? He, He'll be relatively cheap. You're not paying top dollar for him in comparison to, you know, some of the other... uh, Like you would have for, like, Darren Payne. uh, Darren Payne or even Javon Hargrave, different positions, but... I like it a lot, and surprise release it was. But yeah, the Chiefs have to clear cap at time. You know, when you pay Patrick Mahomes that amount of money for ten years, you're going to have to find ways to clear cap. And I think they saved like a significant amount of money, amount of money from it. Um, but the other name that you didn't even mention, what about Bobby Wagner, released by the Rams, still efficient yeah. at age 32? Let him be a leader for Jack Sanborn. <laughs> for Jack Sanborn. Well, well they- I mean, seriously, people think like. like do you think Jack? I mean, Jack Sanborn's on a rookie contract for four more years. He's going to be in the mix, right? I mean, he's yes, not going to release him theoretically. And so that's kind of like, like, so let's like focus on the defense because that's where you have a lot of holes. Like, okay, let's think of it this way: like Frank Clark, you would pair with our like ideally a rookie, like whether that be Wilson or Anderson or Miles Murphy, uh, you know, or Carter. Pair those two together. Linebacker, you pair Wagner with Jack Sanborn. That's not bad. Um, you know, obviously your corners are pretty set. You're okay there. Uh, in safety, you had Eddie Jackson with Jaquan. Like pairing those guys with, I don't hate it. I, now that I'm like talking through it, I don't hate it. Actually, that'd be pretty nice. Because I mean, that takes you like, like let's say Wagner with Sanborn, mm-hmm. and then Clark with let's say Wilson. Like if you trade down to four and you don't sure. get Anderson. That brings your defense from really bad to like at least above average, like at least top half of the league. I mean, the secondary is great. The secondary is going to be great. I, I would still like an upgrade over Kendall Vildor. Sure. And you could find that at free agency or like, even later in the draft. Or even later in the draft, right? I mean, I, I, I God, look, that probably, that's not bad. It gets you excited, right? And, and like if you do that, right? Because you're talking about, again, Bobby Wagner's 32, Frank Clark's 29. You're not. These are not five-year contracts. You're probably looking at two, three. maybe one-year contract for Bobby Wagner, but probably like a two- to three-year contract for, for Frank Clark because he's a couple years I would younger. I three to four for and, Clark. Yeah, probably three to four, and, he, and he's still proven enough to deserve something like that. Wagner two Wa- to three, yeah. Wagner is like—Wagner's stats last year were actually incredibly impressive. He had six sacks, 
He played 140 well. tackles well, the, and two interceptions. The Rams are paying so many. Like they're oh paying Stafford. They're paying. Cup, they had no choice. Pay, they had no choice. So yeah, that, that's screwed. a good point because there's people. There's always sort of a uh, a stigma about just like the word released. Like yeah, oh he's right. released. He's bad Stinks at football. Now, yeah. yeah. No. Like it, it's just like contract situations are weird, and you know they they couldn't afford them. Like it makes total sense. Which in the case of the Chiefs and the Rams, you got your ring. You accomplished it. Like they're yeah. probably like okay, yep, great. Like you know, thanks. They, you know, yeah, thanks. See, see yeah. out there. Like. Exactly. Thanks for the ring, yeah, for sure. And and I think the other thing is this. I think a lot of Bears fans are hesitant to pay money right now to older players. Uh, oh, you know, you're in the start of a rebuild. Why would you give an older guy a one-year contract? Sure. Well, you know, at some they're going to have to pay somebody, and not everyone on the free agency market is under the age of 25, except very few people are under the age of 25 because it's, like, pretty much impossible unless you're released, right? Um, so you're going to have to be paying money uh, two guys who are a little bit older, and you have the ability to do it. Like, you had one of the youngest rosters in the NFL last year. You're going to have, like, seven draft picks, probably more with a trade down. You're going to have an extremely young roster. You can afford to have, and you need to have some veteran presence in there. So don't be surprised if they're going after a couple guys who are on the wrong side of 30. Bobby Wagner, 32. Frank Clark will be 30 when the season starts. Like, this is just what you have to do, man. Like, you can find your guys, like, you're going to pay say it's Isaac Sayamalu or say it's, you know, how old is Jawan Taylor, right? You're going to pay some guys who are around 27 the four-year, five-year contracts. So you're going to be here for the entire Super Bowl window. But you also do, do need to pay stopgap players for a couple of years, just like they did last year, right? You know, the Bears were going to be a horrible team. Everyone knew that. And they paid a ton of guys who were, you know, 29, 30, 30-plus 30 one year contracts because you just need to you, you just need some veteran presence. You need to fill, fill roster spots. So it's going to happen. And if that's the case, then why not that be Bobby Wagner? Why not that be even Eric Kendricks, who was released by the Vikings? I mean, 137 tackles last year, but no interceptions, no forced fumbles. That's not good for a Matt Eberflus defense that wants to take the ball away. But like the, there are some names here that are really intriguing to me. And and again, I, I I'm expecting them. The day it opens to to be extremely active. Well, so this goes back to what the Bears and their cap space because you can like go to Bobby Wagner and say, "Hey, you know, do you want a pillow contract? We'll give you one year and twenty million or whatever." You know, it's a, something far. Whereas someone, another team, like I don't know, whoever, like, all right, we'll give you three years and forty five or something. You know, where you're getting fifteen a year. Like maybe the Bears come in and say, Hey, we'll give you one and twenty, and you could go back out there and, and approve it year mm-hmm. and say, All right, I'm back, you know, but maybe at thirty two, maybe you don't maybe that's more likely with Clark. I don't know. But you know, the Bears in that cap space, that gives you an opportunity there. Um, but speaking of free agency, and we obviously mentioned Orlando Brown Jr., who wasn't tagged and he's just an unrestricted free agent. What do you think about the idea that the Bears should go for McGlinchey instead of Brown? And to put McGlinchey at right tackle and still go with Braxton Jones at left tackle, which were Braxton Jones guys for for the record. Like I, and me especially, I really like Braxton Jones. I think he's going to be really really solid. I think he could be like a better Charles Leno, who mm-hmm. was a seventh round pick and then became a you know multi year starter and was really solid. Uh, like I think Jones could be better than Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle. Uh, yeah, but so like maybe you go and get McGlinchey, who will be cheaper than Orlando Brown Jr. and you put him at right tackle and you allocate those assets elsewhere. I think that's okay. I, I just I'm not in love with McGlinchey um, as a free agent target. I, it, it's an upgrade, but I'm not right. in love with it. But I also sort of feel the same way about Orlando Brown. Like, 
You it's an upgrade. Qualms about Orlando Brown I have Jr. qualms. I, 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 he's an upgrade. And I, again, I'm not going to be upset if they get him because he makes your football team better. But I don't know what he's looking at as far as a contract. But if I had to guess, it's pretty lucrative. Yeah, and for sure. I just don't know if the value is there, right? And we're in a value-based offseason here. But at the same time, like this is a weak free agency class in general. So you have the ability to pay top dollar to the best free agent and eat a little like even if he doesn't live up to your value, you can eat that because the guys, the rest of the guys you're paying are not gonna cost you that much. Like you're gonna have upgrades across the roster that won't cost you as much because you don't have to pay that there's not a lot of top guys at each position that you're going to that you're going to want to pay. And you have the most cash in the league by $40 million. I'd be fine, like I think I'd be fine giving Orlando Brown Jr. that money, even if he doesn't live up to the value of it, but he makes your team better because you have the ability to do it and you're not taking money away from like, it's it's not precluding you from getting someone else, right? There's sure. no one else in this free agency market that I look at where I say, well, if you paid Orlando Brown Jr., but like a four-year contract, $75 million, well, now you can't get this guy, right? I don't think there's anyone in the free agency market that I look at that way. So I think I'm okay. Like, I'm okay with I. I I have my qualms about Orlando Brown Jr., but I'm okay with it. I, I think you have to do it. I mean, you you would you you. I'm okay banking on players who have proven themselves to be very good at football. You yes. know what I mean? Like, which you need on this <laughs> roster. This roster needs a lot of those guys. You just guys. need good players. Yes. Um, and there's always things to be said about a change of scenery, and 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 maybe it's a change of position, right? Maybe he goes back to right tackle. Fair. And maybe the the, the position he played with the Ravens. And maybe he returns to, the, to that all-pro Ravens form that, that he was in, you know, 2018, 2019. So I, I'm not out of McGlinchey, but as I just talked myself through that, I, I think I'm fine giving Orlando Brown Jr. the bag. Give him the bag. So then the only question, because, like, do you move Braxton Jones to right tackle? I mean, I guess this is a question you can no, answer I, once I, you br- I mean, cross that bridge when you get there. But. Yeah, like... I, I don't I, I don't think that it's a choice. Like I don't think it's Orlando Brown Jr. or Braxton Jones. Like I don't sure. think that they can't coexist. You know what I mean? Like sure. I, I think they they can find a way for both those guys to be on the same starting offensive line unit. Oh yeah. One thousand. Well, I, I, the only reason I say this is because like there are people who are like out on Orlando Brown Jr. because it means he's replacing Braxton Jones, and Braxton Jones will never see the field again. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. They'll find a way to work it out. They'll switch switch right to left. It happens. They'll find a way. So, I'm 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 fine with that. Um, I want to go back to this real quick because I've been seeing it. It's resurfaced. This is my guy, and he's the top free agent targeted wide receiver that no one talks about anymore. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Why not o- why not OBJ? It's just so weird. Like I don't like it's so weird how cuz he's what, he's like 33? No, he's not 33. He's, he's 32. Oh god, uh, sue me. Jeez. So so sorry. He's 30. Okay. I don't know. It's so weird how like Something about like how everything happened with him during the season, and then he was signing with the Cowboys, but wasn't, and now like radio silence. Because usually, like guys like him, like sometimes like free agents go to the combine and like kind of mill around and try to kick the tires. And like you know, and we haven't heard anything from Odell Beckham Jr. in four or five months. I mean, he posts on More? Instagram. Yeah, but like 
I just mean like there's been nothing of substance. Like there, we like we no rumors, right? We, there's been nothing. Yeah. So it's, that's so bizarre. Like it, like I don't think this is true. But is he just done? Like is he just like no. cool? I'm good. Like no. Do we know that for sure though? Yes. Positive. I mean, you know, I, I, your I, close friend Odell. Jake, told you I, that I'd he's say I'm back. really good at interpreting Instagram captions. <laughs> he's co- he he wants to play football. <laughs> I, I if I'm being honest. I'm not what does sure. That mean? It means like I see what he's posting. And I'm like, all right, who's, there's a hidden message. There's a subtweet is, in here. Whose Instagram <laughs> captions are you like? OBJ's. Justin. Just his. You know, he's got he. You know. Well, uh, so what, what are your credentials? What are your credentials to like? Just I don't have any examples for you, but okay. when I see an Instagram caption that's you know it's it, it it's sort of a subtweet. I I know what's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. You know I know it's a subtweet. Mm-hmm. I I know who that caption may be directed to. Yes. You know what I mean. I'm I I just got a sense for these things. Let's look at OBJ's. Uh, here's OBJ's last caption. <laughs> I always make my hand work. I'm just waiting on the cards to shuffle. Uh, so no matter yeah. where he goes, he's waiting for the cards to shuffle. He'll make it work wherever he goes. Perfect interpretation. This we, is we might have to make this a weekly thing. This might have to be a weekly thing. Interpret <laughs> and no, not just Odell. I, I want to just I I think I think what we're gonna do going forward is I'm gonna start picking Instagram captions from that I find on from <laughs> athletes or influencers or on my explore page, and I'm just gonna read them to you. And we're going to put them on the screen or something, and you're just going to tell us what it means. I think we're going to do that. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to become a shtick on the show. Um, okay, so Kevin Lapka, noted Odell Beckham Jr. whisperer, says that he's coming back. Okay, in the event that, to answer your question, in the event that Odell Beckham Jr. does come back, uh, I it would depend on the price. You know, we're talking about the Bears and having all this cap space and being like, oh, well, you can overpay if you want. I wouldn't want to overpay for a 30-year-old receiver who's already had a torn ACL and has had injury issues over his entire career. Um, If the price is right, I wouldn't hate giving him like a two-year contract for the right price to come in, especially if you draft someone in the later rounds like uh, uh, Hyatt from Tennessee, you know, or whoever, you know, uh, what's-his-face, Flowers uh, from BC. Depending on who you draft and what ends up happening, uh, I wouldn't hate it because I don't think... Unless you trade down twice, I don't think you're getting Jack and Smith and Jigba or Quentin Johnson. And you need help at receiver for sure. It's like the problem is you already have a guy on the roster who's so high upside and low floor and chase Claypool. It's it feels real dangerous having two of those type of guys who are high ceiling for sure. Talented, no doubt can be game breaking type of players. One thousand percent. But the floor is for both of them what we saw from Chase Claypool, or rather what we didn't see from him. Yeah, but I... the floor, the but you floor only with say Odell that because is of the just injury. as low. You only say that because of the injury. Because he he played really well with the Rams when sure, he was signed. Sure. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He was going to be the Super Bowl MVP probably. I don't know about that. He scored the first touchdown of the game. He had like 60 yards in like the first quarter. Yeah, but st- he was, okay. if he scored another touchdown, had 100 yards. Cooper Cup won the MVP of that game, it, right? Like, yes. I'm pretty sure Cooper Cup won MVP. But also. Conversely, if you'd ended the, well, I guess if you had like if you had ended the Super Bowl this year at the end of the first quarter, Travis Kelsey would have won the Super Bowl MVP too. So, and then okay, he did nothing okay, for the right, rest right, of the game. Right, right. So, you know, yeah, could could go either way there. Sure. Like it's just that's just my thing is like Odell has always felt like such like a you know high variance player, and it feels like you already have that with Claypool. 
and I don't know how I feel about if you're the Bears. Like, it feels like if you're the Bears, you need someone who's just way more level baseline. Like, you know what you're going to Yeah, but there's like, no one like that in free agency. I agree. He's the most safe of any receiver in free agency. I mean, just saying so. So, like, if he's the most safe, isn't aren't you better just staying away? I mean, maybe, but uh, like, I, like I think, you find someone I you think like. you're overvaluing how much you'd have to pay him. Okay. His contract with the Rams that he signed again, he signed this on November 11th because right. he was released by the Browns on November 5th. One year, $1.2 million. Now, again, you're like halfway through the season at that point. So, and coming from the Browns where he had done nothing and sure. then he went to the Rams and had a good, you know, four months or but whatever. But still, like, OBJ, it would strike me that OBJ would be someone who's going to try to juice as much money out of you as possible. You know what I mean? But I think he's also— Well, that's why he didn't sign with the Cowboys. Right. Over the, was uh, that why? It was just a well, financial thing? It, allegedly, but— I think part of it was— Then also I don't that know if he was ready video to play. came out and stuff. It was weird. I don't know if he was ready to play. Again, looking at his Instagram videos, working out, I'm not I'm not sure he was ready to be, to be full goal at that time. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I like, if it's—let's pitch this to you. Two years, $8 million. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's not going to be more than that. It might. It's not going to be more than that. It's over, like, come on. he uh, The value has already been knocked down because he's coming off an ACL. It's knocked down for every player, right? That's probably why Tony Pollard didn't get a giant contract with uh, Tony Pollard's not coming off an ACL. He's coming off like a fracture. Mm-hmm. But, you know, same type of deal. Coming off an ACL, hasn't played in this long. He doesn't hold the leverage in contract negotiations. He just doesn't. He can't sit there at the negotiating table with his agent and Ryan Poles and say, hey, I want $7 million per year. He can't. He's in no position to do it. And there's like he can't just say, oh, well, the Bears aren't going to give me that, but the Cardinals will. No. No one's going to give me that. And I just like it seems to me – look, T. Higgins is off the board. That's not happening. It is seems he? like – I, I think it should be possible – I think the the Bengals would be stupid not to, but they might if they want to put themselves in cap hell, they can put themselves in cap hell, and I think they want to do that because they value him. Well, I mean, if they want to be the Chiefs or Rams, and you end up getting a ring out of it, right? Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's true. It, and and then hey, you're one done though. You win a ring, and then you're probably after for the next. I mean, I wouldn't count out Joe Burrow, but in the AFC anyway, it, it's tough. But I, I we had so many conversations about the trade possibilities. We did. It's it, it, it you know, and we get excited about them. Don't get me wrong, I got excited about them, but in reality. It's easier when a player is not bound to anything and they're a free agent, and and it's more likely that it's e- to just say, hey, we'll sign this guy than it is to work out a trade for Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins, who at this point are the last two that are really maybe Michael Pittman, th- those three, and maybe Higgins. But right now, as far as and and actually, we're recording this before this happens. DeAndre Hopkins is going to go on the uh, the Pat McAfee show. It'll be interesting to see what he says True. going on there today. Um, but I, I I can't bank like. As far as addressing issues for the Chicago Bears this offseason, you cannot bank on them making a trade for one of those guys. You cannot bank on it. Sure. And sometimes the way it happened last year, these guys demand trades after the draft. After like you could have figured out your whole. You can't approach this whole offseason and say, "Well, we're not going to pay money to this guy. We're not going to draft this guy because we're banking on a trade for Hopkins or Evans in the offseason or in, in, the, in the summer." You can't do it, right? I would love for that to be the case, but you just can't. And uh, like that, it just scares me a little bit with those things. So I'm go get OBJ here <laughs> before we end the show. If you can figure it out real quick, because I don't know if we'll record next Monday or Wednesday, whatever we'll do, we'll probably record the day of free agency beginning. And who knows? There could be multiple contracts made that day. I do free agency first, first two days of free agency. 
three players you think they'll sign. Not who you want to sign. Three, the three players you think they'll sign. The first three players you think, think they'll, they'll sign. sign. Maybe not the first three, but the top three you think they'll sign. I think they're getting one of Brown or McGlinchey for sure. Conviction. Which one is it? Come on. <sighs> See, I'm trying to like balance between what I want and what I think will happen. Uh, I'll say McGlinchey. Okay. I think I think they'll try to spread the money out. Uh, so I'll say McGlinchey. I think you convinced me. I think they're going to get Wagner. Makes a ton of sense. It makes a lot of sense. I think you convinced me on that one. And then I'll say last. I'm going to say one of the. Uh, this is going to be a curveball. I think they're going to get uh, Gardner Johnson to play the slot corner. He played slot corner with the Saints, right? Eagles. And then flexed to safety. Eagles. No, he played safety with the Eagles. I thought. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did. That might throw a wrench in my plans. Because I like Sidney Gunnar Jensen a lot. Game-changing player this year for the Eagles, but he's a, he's a safety. So, but if they sign him to play... Well, I think you can. Happens a lot. It's an easy... If they convince him to switch. and if, if, if That would depend on money if somebody's not paying him more money somewhere else. Uh, but I guess like you could say that about any free agents. Because uh, Bradbury, but he'll, be, he'll get premium yeah, money. Yeah, premium money. Uh, so that's why... I, I'll still say Johnson. And I, I, I think they'll try and convince him to play slot corner. Um Again, which would then make your secondary fucking gross, which would be gross in a good way. Um, so I'll say I'll say McGlinchey, Wagner, and Garner Johnson. Okay. With the third one being kind of a Hail Mary, but. Okay. All right, who do you think then? So I think Javon Hargrave. Okay. Orlando Brown Jr. Isaac Sayumalu. I got, I got, I got five for you. <laughs> I saw where this was going as soon as you started. Bobby Wagner, OBJ, those are my five. I think OBJ is gonna. I don't think he'll sign on day one. He won't sign on day one. That'll be a longer process. Yeah. So let's go. And, and Bobby Wagner probably won't sign day one either. So the he three might. guys, he he might, he uh, he might, but sometimes those guys that get released, it takes a. Sometimes True. those guys sign in like July. True. You know what I mean? They just kind of sit back and and wait for the the, the right spot. Um. But I I think the thing that it's important is like. The Bears are an intriguing destination for all of these players. They can sure. pay with the money. They're going to be in a. They're going to be a competitive team this year, at least competitive. They'll, they'll, they should win games against good teams. You could make them competitive. You could, you could probably you sign, get yeah. them into the playoffs, and then the year after that, Super Bowl ready. Yeah. You, you should be Super Bowl ready. So it's attractive for all these players. I'll go Atlanta Brown Jr., Javon Hargrave, Isaac Sayomalu. For those who don't know, right guard for the Philadelphia Eagles played in the Super Bowl, really talented. Um, those three guys, you sure up. To your offensive line positions, and you sure up the three tech. Like, that's like a good off season there. Like, if you get those two guys, that's a good off season. I, I think that's what they do. I, 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 like, and to be fair, you should be pissed if these things that Jake and I are saying don't happen in the first couple of days. They have zero excuse not to be extremely active from the moment that clock opens for free agency. Boom. We have the money. We have the leverage. We'll pay you. We've we've had months to think about this. We've had months to understand what's available to us. Make it happen. Like, don't sit back and wait. And I understand there's going to be people who say, well, you know, it is a week of free agency class, so maybe they save some of their money and, and spend it more in 2024. You can't do it. You have I, to spend I a certain threshold anyway. I do anyway. think they'll save some. I don't think they're going to be super frugal, though. Yeah, okay. That, that sure. Like, 
Like, the value when, thing when, is real. When I say save some, I mean like for me, like going with McGlinchey instead of Orlando Brown Jr. or going with you know in this instance, this hypothetical, like Gardner Johnson instead of Bradbury. Yeah, like, like going is like, that what good teams do, Jake? Well, no, but like I mean, McGlinchey's still really good. Sure, sure. You know, like I I could see it like that. I don't think they're gonna nickel and dime teams. Real, real fast. Do you think that the Larry Ogunjobi f- failed signing impacts how they approach this free agency class at all? Like you jumped in right away and then you were stuck in this waiting period for the physical and then you were kind of screwed because, you know, by the time the physical came back failed and it was like a week later and most of the guys were off the board. Do you think that has any impact on this free agent approach? No, I don't. I, you can't, right? I, I can't. I yeah, mean, you can't you be scared. Move on. No, can't you can't play be scared. scared. He's actually a free agent too. So maybe they go back to the Ogunjobi well. Yeah. No, that would be shocking. Uh, but no, I, I I think and and I think that's actually a really good conversation as it pertains to I use that phrase like forty times in this episode. Uh, Chase Claypool, right? Sure. Like that should that situation should not preclude you from going after DeAndre Hopkins or Mike Evans via trade. You live and you learn. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. You can't let it sit in the back of your mind. Same goes for Larry Ogunjobi. Don't be cautious with it. I mean, you have to know health situate you. You'd like to know your your you know targets health situations before they take a physical, but that was completely unforeseen. No one knew that he was going to fail that physical in the way he did. You know, right. like you cannot let it I mean, it caused you to be cautious, but you can't you can't be. Like you just full go. We like this guy, you know, no do your background checks, but don't let it uh, affect the way you approach free agency. So that's fair. All right. Well, we will come back next week once free agency is open. Uh, we'll, we'll record uh, at our usual time, and it'll be and we'll be in it. It'll be. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of signings that have been announced. Maybe the Bears have announced some. So we'll be back in a week to discuss free agency, discuss what are the next steps are. Maybe we have a trade of the number one overall pick. We'll see. Uh, we really didn't discuss the interior offensive line today. We were focused on the tackles. We'll get to that uh, next week as well. So come back next week. Shout out to our new viewers and listeners coming over from the ONTAP Sports Network. Appreciate you. We'll see you next week. All our regulars, we still love you guys. You guys are the best. All our listeners, all our viewers, you are the best. Welcome to the family. You guys rock. We will see you next week. Shout out to ONTAP Sports Network. One more time for bringing us in. Buzz, Tony, and the crew, you guys are the best. We appreciate you. So we will see you, myself and Kevin, for another edition of Bears Nation Podcast brought to you by ONTAP Sports Network. We will see you next Wednesday at 7 o'clock Central to go over free agency. And until then, bear down. Bear down.